All right, why don't, we, uh, why don't we start with a word of prayer? Let us pray. Our dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. Lord, bless us in your word. Uh, and through your word, as you have provided for us the gift of this promise, bless us and grant us contentment and joy, knowing full well that through you uh, and by your work, you have given to us uh, life everlasting. Bless us in your forgiveness. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, so today, as we continue on, um, uh, again, uh, this is, uh, if you can't make it to uh, Genesis uh, Bible study, um, I actually uh, do it again uh, in a condensed form on Thursday by myself live uh, to be put on YouTube. And uh, you can check it out then. It's no people, just me uh, bullet pointing away. Uh, this is the last week's example of that. Uh, so it's, you know, I always tell Jeff or tell my, even my kids the joy of YouTube that um, as long as it exists, uh, whatever we do is, is in there. And as a church, uh, we do a lot of recording. I think abnormally, uh, we do a lot. <laughs> Maybe a little bit too much because if you knew me, I tend to do too much in a sense of uh, videos. So, um, it's. Look how uh, good you're getting at it. I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't, I don't think that's a good thing. I don't know if that's a good thing, but uh, uh, I know it's, it's, it helps people, and that's, that's the key. So, in light of that, we're, we're here together uh, on live as well. Uh, but today, uh, we, we continue on with the, the call of a Christian in Hebrews 13. So, when we talk about the conclusion of any text, especially the epistles, there's always this final round out, kind of this lasting words uh, to, to the people that they're addressing. And here we see that lasting word of the Christian life and what we ought to do in Christ Jesus. So this shouldn't be taken as like, like early, uh, like, like this text in the morning with the gospel. People say strive and enter through the narrow door. A lot of people think it's, they have to like, squeeze into this door if they had what if they made doors that that thin at Home Depot like a little door that was like so narrow that you had to walk through sideways even even hold your breath in a little bit just to get through Uh, people think that they have to do this themselves when in fact at the end of the day just like in the morning's text it, it is that call to repentance and at the end of the day that trust in clinging to not ourselves but to Christ and what he's done. And that's the striving. And in so doing right here as well, uh, when we talk about loving and serving neighbor, so easily we take that on ourselves when in fact this is a, this is a outpouring or a result of uh, what God has done for us for, first in the fruits of our faith. Uh, if you follow the Illuminated Catechism every Friday as we record it, uh, there is this picture of a church that we were drawing on Friday and uh, from the church would be this outpouring of, 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 this, uh, of clouds and, and the word being proclaimed. But around the church were all these fruits. And uh, I remember it because I was drawing a pomegranate. If you like pomegranates. Anyone like pomegranate? They're such a pain to eat. But, uh, and they stain. They stain if you're not careful. Uh, but there, it's, it's all a fruit of what we hear uh, through the word of God. And that is, uh, I think, what we see here in our context. So it's important how we read things. That's the key, right? It's important because if you come from a legalistic mindset, this is what you have to do, right? Uh, this, is, this is what you need to do or else. When in fact, from a gospel center, it's, yeah, this is a joy to do because, well, I, I know how to love by the one who first loved me that I live the forgiven life right now. I'm not trying to earn points to get there. So, uh, blessings to you this day as we continue out here. Now today, uh, verse 5, as we talked about marriage last week, which, uh, speaking of recordings, um, um, I think that'll be my next. I know Carrie gave me that idea, and I uh, I was talking to Brent the other day, and and, um, going over the catechism, and uh, uh, what a great thing it would be to have lessons on marriage in the YouTube thing. Um, oh, it's going to go forever, you guys, this YouTube thing. <laughs> and people are going to be, like, outside looking in, like, oh, man, how does he, man, he's just, like, is he, is, 
Sometimes I think I'm just like a robot. Just, ugh. Anyways, Jeff, just tell me to stop, okay? One day, Jeff, you're going to say, stop, enough. And that's when I'll turn off the switch. Anyways, um, yes. Uh, it's like small wonder. Remember her? Anyways, um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> verse, verse 5, so I could read that for me. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. All right, so keep your life free from the love of money. Now, what makes, is money evil in itself? And the answer is no. no. But what is the evil in that tension? What is the cause? It is, it is our sinfulness. It's our love of money, right? Uh, why do we love money? Because of what we think it can do for us. What can it do for us? You can buy stuff. Power. Power. Power, pride. Um, temporary fix, temporary, fix uh, temporary security, comfort, uh, it alleviates the worry in our life, maybe, let's say. The one who dies with the most wins. <laughs> Is that how it works? I, it's more of like more to sell, right? It's more to sell at the end of the day when you die. Bigger estate sale, I guess. Yeah. Yes, but once you've died, it's not your problem, it's your family's problem. That's why I'm getting even with all right. Oh, we're going there. We're going there. All right. Uh, but, but keep your life free from... You know, are we dictated by... Are our decisions dictated by money a lot of times, you think? Um, I mean, what we said right here is obvious. It's, it's of course... Right? Love of money. Why would we do that? But yet, how subtle is that love of money? How, how subtle? It's very subtle. Does it dictate us when we don't even know it? Um, and uh, just like I talked about on Sunday, you know, with money, uh, when we look at the money we have, uh, when it comes to giving, let's say, uh, why is it why is it such a joy to give? Why is it such a joy to give? Like, yes, it's offering time. Let's give. Why is that such a joy? You might not say it in that tone, but <laughs> yes. Uh, but what is it? What does it? What is the 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 underlying joy of what it means to? I know there's time and talents and all that we give in our in our talents to church and all these things, but. But what about the, the offering of the money side? Why is that such a, a joy to give? Well, yes? It's not ours to begin with. We're just kind of like a steward of it. And it's steward, joyful to, to think that we've been so blessed that we can give. And that um, we know that in doing so, it's going to make a difference in someone else's life. And that's a pretty powerful thing to, it, it empowers you, but it's not, it's, it's not for your own glory. It's just, it makes you feel good to know that you're able to help someone and to give, in a sense, give back what's been given to you. Oh, so if I don't, if I don't, if, so you're saying if I don't no. give more, I'm not closer to God and I'm, nope. I get a better brownie point with him? Like, oh, let's see, you know, I think the Lord's going to bring up the list of, you know, our year of life statement, <laughs> not end of year statement with our tithings, Don, but with our end of, end of life statement, all those dates of how, oh, how much did you give? Oh, that's okay. You did, you're in the second tier of the kingdom. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, you're not in the nosebleeds. You're not in the nosebleed section of the kingdom. You're actually in the front row, MVP, you know, uh, right there at Dodger Stadium. So, oh, we won't go there. But, uh, but see, a lot of times people give money in so many different ways, so many different motivations, right? Um, and um, a lot of times, you know, uh, what people, we don't realize is that uh, money can bind us um, and, 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 and be the, the great idol in our lives. 
it, it's so weird how that works, right? We, we know that's right, but then we look at it and say, oh, that's right, I can have freedom if I just have more. And what we don't realize in that burdened giver or that, oh, man, I have to do this because God says so, we don't realize the true blessing that God has given to us and we're on that rat race to find contentment, not from God, but from man and our carnal flesh. And that's what our sinful nature doesn't tell us when we love money. We don't want to hear it either. <laughs> I think as human beings, as sinners, we don't want to hear that. We, we want to go our own way. And that's the key right here. It's not just the love of money, but this is what it will happen. You will, in that idolatry of money, it can tear you away from God and his word. It can. Because uh, a lot of times, you know, I think I was telling this to Brent the other day, uh, you know, that term living beyond our, our means, right? Because we're trying to find, when we live beyond our means, what, what's happening there? What's our quest? Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses or? That worldly happiness that... If I just had... Yeah, if I just had a little bit more, if I just had this or that, I'd be, you know, a new surfboard. Uh, that <laughs> well, that's not living beyond our means, is it? <laughs> um, that's like when I was a kid, you never saw storage units. Storage units. Storage wars, remember that, yeah. that TV show? Anyways. You, they were there, I think, but they were very, like, people didn't really... They were few and far Yeah, you didn't really use them. Um, yeah. They're in Westminster. I know there was a lot of... Anyways, uh, but, uh, uh, but, but yeah, you know, uh, what we talk about living beyond our means, a lot of times we do, and soon enough, it's like we don't even have enough money to live with the things that we have. And, you know, at the de- end of the day, when it comes to giving, uh, it becomes the, the last of what we have rather than the, the first fruits, Right? And see, as you hear that right now, you might be saying, okay, we get it, we get it. But, but what that indicates a lot of times for us is, is the golden calf in our life. I think beyond the giving, the, 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 the under, uh, the core problem to that sinful nature is how we're captivated. Yeah, our priorities. And like I tell my kids, you know, uh, as they grow up uh, to study hard, why? Uh, not to just the quest to make a lot of money. And if you do, that's great because you can give more. Dead serious. The more you make, the more you give. And that's great. Make a lot of money and, and, and give more because that's what God has called us to do. Uh, but it's not for your own security, Abe, right? It's for the glory of God as you love and serve your neighbor in the vocation that he has called you to, right? I know it's like we're at home and no one's here and we're just talking, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop there, right? So, uh, but, but, that's it, but it's true. This is our call, right? So it's a, it's a thanksgiving to God. Um, and trust me, uh, even as a pastor, uh, I'm human too. And there are moments where like you have that old Adam in you that says, oh, if I just give less, I can have more for myself. Two and two, carry the one. Oh, if I carry the one. Oh, I'll smile. And if I carry the nine over the hill, oh, wow, my life would be so easy. But then you stop yourself and say, wait, look at me, right? And then you repent and, and you confess. And there you rest on Christ and say, what a joy the love of Christ is. That's right. This is all his, right? This is all his. And there we give freely and joyfully. See, there's a difference there, right? So you are content. It says right there, uh, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Be content. Jeff, why are you content? Yes. First article, gifts. Uh, in the Apostles' Creed, as we say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Fourth petition of the Creed, uh, of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, and, and here we see, give us this day our daily bread. Right? Eighth and ninth commandment, or ninth and tenth commandment, the God's gift of, of contentment. Uh, here we see again, uh, is this pen dead? Not yet, right? I like to try to use things to lay go but this is the gift of contentment that everything comes from our lord 
right? All that we have. And when we don't believe that, trust me, the love of money creeps in quick. Are you content? At the end of the day, that contentment is second article of the creed. That contentment is third article of the creed. It's, oh man, this is not good. Um, Trust me, I'll pick it up later and use it next week and do the same thing. So uh, it's Jesus, the work of redemption, the Holy Spirit, creating faith in us, giving us the life of uh, innocence, blessedness, and righteousness all by the gift of Christ. This is our contentment. And as you see here, right here, it's all that has been given to you by the grace and mercy of God. That is your contentment. And through his very work, you are reconciled to his name. You are a child of God. And that's your contentment. As a child of God, he gives you all things. Right? And, uh, uh, and in the lot that he has given to us, there we strive and we live uh, from the one who gives us all these blessings. That's a life of faith. To trust in what he has given to you. That's the tension, right? And this is the tension of the Christian life. Because, especially in America here, oh man, I mean, money is, well, gold is all things, right? Gold is the new money, isn't it? They say invest in gold. I'm not an investor, but I always hear advertisements. That's what they say, right? No more money, invest in gold, right? So I put the gold bars in my closet and uh, save them for a cold day, right? Uh, But people are, this is the constant. We're, We're being taught this love of money everywhere. Right? Well, then you can buy all that wonderful stuff they show you on TV. Uh. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And quickly we find ourselves caught up in the contentment of the world when, in fact, who you are as a child of God is, is the greatest contentment as he leads you to the vocation. Well, they, have, and, they have a wonderful scene, scene in the movie The Jerk where uh, G. Martin and Bernadette Peters are getting kicked out of their house. Um, they're talking about how they've lost all their money, and Bernadette Peters is looking straight at the camera and saying, I don't care about the money, uh, but it's all the stuff. That's right. That's right. Um, well, the, the thing, too, that is so insidious about it is that it's kind of like a piece of candy. You, you start off saying, oh, if I can just have one piece of candy, I'm going to be happy. You have the one piece of candy. No, I think I need some more candy. Oh, you're surrounded by empty wrappers, right? You're like, wait, what happened? The next thing you know, you're buying stock in the candy company because you think that's going to give you enough. And it's never enough. It's like the the millionaires and and billionaires. How much is enough? How much do you really need? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And, And this is where contentment comes back to. Uh, be content with all that you have. Who are you? That's where your contentment is. And if you are one who is searching for contentment in the world, that's, what ad- that's how you're identified. That's, that's your status. Uh, but if you're covered by the blood of Christ, right, and, and you know this gospel, and you know what he's done for you, uh, there you are content because you're under his care, right? You're, you're on the eternal timeline that is forever. Right now you're living forever. And that's with God. And there's no other contentment that can... You know, if you don't have the contentment, you're going to flee to the love of money, of course, because you want to find contentment. And that is what humans do. We're, we're trying to fill the cup. Uh, but yet with Christ, we overflow uh, in the joy of the gospel. So very important that uh, the writer is really showing us the pitfall of the Christian life. Uh, rather than seeing the big picture of God and his word, uh, there we can fight to the love or we can fall to the love of money. So. Oh, yeah, the, the handout here, if you have from last week. Um, and if you need one, I think I have several more. If you, if you can pass it around to yes. see if anyone needs one. Um, yeah, uh, 1 Timothy 6. Uh, 1 Timothy 6, it says right here in your handout, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through the craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. It's so ironic because... We don't think of the love of money as piercing ourselves with pangs, uh, with, with struggle and strife. Do, do we ever think that about money? Um, no, we think that's the opposite. We think, oh, the Christian life, oh, that's, there's a lot there, and I want to find my contentment apart from the Christian life, and, and there that struggle is. But no, it's, it's the love of money that is the root of all kinds of evil. Um, we were laughing. I was talking to Dolly the other day. We were 
laugh about the fair, it's really the Ventura County Fair. And it's just crazy the way they get you at those games. You know, you are like, I'm like my granddaughter, I'm looking at my granddaughter, I think I can win that. Mm-hmm. Which, one? Like which one? Which one? Which one? It doesn't matter. The one with the, the clown faces right where you have to throw. It's all of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I lost on that. Yeah, rigged. But I'm looking all like there's this little thing, and I'm just going to spend right now thirty dollars, you know, for this small. Yeah, for this ninety-nine cent. You know what I mean? But I, I got to have it. I got to win it for my granddaughter. I got. You know what I mean? And my wife's just going, "It's crazy." Did you win? No. Oh. oh. <laughs> hey, it it, ha- it, hap- it it happens. It does happen. And I'm saying it's fun. We had a great time. But you know, you think about how crazy it is that you are literally like, like tunnel vision. Yeah. 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 No, I get it. My wife stops me from doing those. <laughs> I, but I but I just watch, like trying to vicariously live through the other people that yeah, are. I'm like, oh, ooh, oh, close, ooh, ooh, ooh. right. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, I love those. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, we see right here, again, contentment opposes covetousness, and we see that tension. Uh, but that contentment is from Joshua 1.5, 1, as we see right here, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, Joshua 1.5, as you know, this is Joshua had, getting the baton from Moses uh, to get to the promised land. The Lord uh, encouraging him, saying, go, you're the leader now. And uh, you're not doing this alone, but rather I am with you always until the end of the age. Contentment. That is who you are. Contentment. It is Christ and what he has done for you. Um, giving you the oneness with God. Reconciling you to the Father. Um, and, and that's why we hear God's word. Because we know how easily we're torn apart from the world that, that sidetracks all the noise. Uh, where we too can fall to it. We're not immune, Right? And so, so this is a reminder to all the Christians, uh, especially the Hebrews here. You're not alone. You have contentment. And that is by the blood that was shed for you in the oneness of Christ. And you're already there. Do you believe that? Like, you're already, you are already content. <laughs> I know in your heart, like, I'm the pastor. Really? I mean, come on. You know, I still have to pay off that debt. You know, I have these worries at work. You know, oh man, I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. What is going to happen tomorrow? I don't know. Oh, it's going to be tough. You know, all these things. And it's, at the end of the day, it's, where is your contentment? And that is in the word of Christ and his promise to you. And that's why this word is so important. The writer really is uh, reminding them, it's Christ. It's it's always Christ. And it will always be Christ. This is the word that you need to hear all the time because that's where your contentment is. All right. Um, All right. Uh, Continue on here. uh, Verse 6. Verse 6. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Yeah, from Psalm 118, right? Uh, David praises the Lord for restoring the kingdom. And and here, uh, after being exiled, uh, here, uh, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Don, any words? Yeah, no words, right? No words, right? And, and this, is, this is the key, right? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And uh, this is where we trust in the will of God. And no, Lord, and there are times, friends, where you don't know. But what you do know. What did, what did you read right there? So we can confidently say, not flip a coin, God, are you there? You know, he has his little placard on his God door that says, we'll return at two o'clock. You know, um, is that how it works? No, we can confidently say that the Lord is with us every step of the way because he is your father. How do you know? By the blood that covers you, Jesus Christ. That's your confidence. Let us draw near, sprinkled by his blood, as we draw near with a clear conscience, as it says in the book of Hebrews, right? And this is the picture, you guys. You can confidently say that the Lord is your helper. What can man do to me? I shall not fear. Uh, And we say amen to that, right? But trust me, what happens during the week? Oh, man, overwhelming things happen. And we're like, oh, oh, oh. And we see ourselves in the mirror saying, what are we doing? Go back to the word, repent, rest on Christ, and there we go again. 
right, uh, in the confidence that he has given to us. All in Christ Jesus, right? Uh, today's gospel reading, the narrow door, it's a, it's a really difficult text, I think. Uh, I've always found difficulty in preaching it because uh, I think our nature says this is what we have to do. But, but when in fact, when it says agonize and enter into the, the, the narrow door, uh, this agony is realizing really stripping yourself away uh, and being the least ones, seeing our sin for what it is, and knowing that Christ is the narrow way, that he is the only way. Stripping ourselves from any self-righteousness, any independence, any self-will or human, human strength, uh, but in our brokenness, in our agony of our sin, there is only Christ, who is our contentment. Who, is, who has declared you forgiven and has given you eternal life. And here we see, at the end of the day, what, may, what can man do to me? That is the conclusion of the gospel. Because of the resurrection, what can death do to me? But I think that's the difference between the faithful and the world. The worst thing that can happen to most people in the world is to die. Okay? And that's what they fear. And, and in light of the persecution that was happening during the time of the Hebrews, again, what can man do to me? It seemed like from the eye test, it seemed like, oh, there's a, because people were in prison for the faith. We prayed for the prisoners earlier here in verse five. We, we know the temperature of the time. And they could say, oh, well, man has done a lot to us. What are you talking about, right? But at the end of the day, what can man truly, it's like Christ, what can man do to me? Nothing, he They thought they had him, but he willingly went to the cross. He died, and he rose to give you life in his name. And in the same way, that's the gift that you have right now. And and what what can man do to us, right? So this is the picture of the Christian life. We're already there. We're not getting there. We're already there by what Christ has done for us. No more earning points or leaning on legalism or self-righteousness. No, we are content because we are forgiven, done. And here we see that reality. That's the confidence, right? All right. Um, oh, our notes. Um, yeah, all right. You can read that. Um, I don't know why I write these anyway. But um, yeah, you could read that. Um, I, I know. Um, yeah, okay. I won't laugh here. There's a, I'm looking here. Yeah. So you read it. All right. <laughs> Good. So as you read that uh, right there, uh, uh, this is your reality. Um. Oh, I was going to dance. But um, anyways, <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, continuing. Verse 7. Verse 7? On the new page. Oh, you don't have it. Um, I know Elliot's my helper in the morning. He comes, he comes early with me to church, and he's my paper guy. He uh, sits at the printer. Waits at the printer. If I take too long, he comes back and he says, where is it? I'm like, okay, just take, give me a second here, boss, right? <laughs> Hurry up, dad. All right, we got to put him in place. I'm like, all right. So uh, it's so cute. I, I, love, I love when the kids want to help. Um, anyways, uh, all right. So verse seven, if someone could read that for me. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. All right, remember your leaders, right? Those who spoke to you the word of God. So this is the Hebrew writer emphasizing the, the overseer, the pastor, uh, those that have gone before them uh, to remember what they had done. Now, the leader can also be translated as military commander. Now, why... We're talking about military commander. What, what battle are we truly facing at the end of the day? Spiritual battle. Spiritual battle, right? Ephesians 6. So we know the spiritual battle, um, and there the leader, uh, the pastor, how does he lead? That's the question. How does the pastor lead? Is it by the clothes he wears? Is it by the personality he has? Is it the special technique that he brought to the table because he has some mystical talent? that only he knows with a revelation from God personally? <laughs> um, what, what do, how does a pastor lead? Well, what, what do you think that looks like? I always thought it was the, 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 the armor of God. The 
Oh, oh, there is that blog. I think what pastors wear. Uh, there's this blog out there, and and it's kind of a satirical one where they're wearing like alligator skin shoes and crazy Nikes that are like super expensive, and you know, I mean, yeah, skinny jeans and. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, we want to see the skinny jeans. Oh, oh, I, oh, you'd be surprised. Back in my day, what that looked like. Uh, she saw, yeah. When I used to play music, oh, it was. Um, I wear Clarks, so um, on sale, on sale. They were on sale. I only buy them when I'm on sale. No laces. That's the key to life. I'm never going back to laces. Always just slip on. Oh, good to go. Anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, no, but, but, but how, does, how does a pastor lead? Does, is he one who just is like Target, you know, is he a Target big box store that placates to every guest's needs and just smiles and say, whatever you want, Dave, we, we just want you here. And whatever you want to think about the word, hey. The customer is always right, and we smile. Is that? I mean, how does a pastor lead? In two ways: through giving us the word, making certain that we're staying in the word, and helping to um, arm us and, and realize what our armor needs to be. In the word, right? In the word, it's the word. So, so when you were um, in that time of calling a pastor, right? Remember that time? We do. Or that times. Oh, yeah. For some of them, it's times. Because I know you've been here a long time. Some people have. I'm not pointing to the wagon box and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and Dave. But, but, uh, but you know, uh, remember those times when uh, the Cirque of Pastor Barquette would come? And uh, you might have talked about what kind of pastor you wanted. I don't know if he talked about that. I have no idea. But... Uh, a lot of times people say um, a lot of different things about what they desire in a pastor, right? But what should, how short of a conversation should that be? I mean, is it a long-winded, should it be a long-winded conversation on what that pastor should be, or should it just be? Give us the gospel. The word, the word, the sacraments, word, always about the, not if he has brown hair or black hair, not if he's 60 years old or 40 years old. Um, or he wears alligator skin shoes or Clarks. Um, you know, it's, does he give a, will they give the word? Is that what it's all about? And at the end of the day, that's how leaders lead. So um, there might be times when as a pastor, you might not like hearing what I say. Yeah, you've probably heard some of that already. <laughs> I've been here five, five years. So uh, you probably, chances are you probably, oh, what is he doing? I don't like that that much. But at the end of the day, trust me, there are things I say that even my old nature, my old Adam says, ooh, that's going to ruffle some feathers. And that's going to that's gonna put me in a very, what's the word? Tenuous. Very, like for my own pride and my, my own reputation, my own self uh, that's going to be a rough, rough little plateau or spot there. Uh, but, again, it's who is leading, and that is the word. And that's where we stand under and hide in, in the word of God. That's the key when it comes to remembering your leaders. So, uh, through all things, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life. So, what is that about? The outcome of their way of life. Now, we're not, you know, I'm not the Pope. Do you believe that? You're not the what? I'm not the Pope. Oh, no. thank goodness. We're Lutherans, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh, it's on YouTube. Right, here we go. Um, but, but again, uh, what does it mean? <laughs> but what does it mean? Uh, <laughs> The outcome of their way of life. What is, what, you know, in Timothy, what, what, are, what are leaders, overseers called to do? To be above, yeah, to be not lovers of, <laughs> oh, we, we all know that universal sign, uh, and, and to take care of their family, right? And this is the thing, you know, uh, at the end of the day, uh, the way to which I, I am called to lead is the way of Christ, is to preach Christ, 
It's not because I'm perfect. That's not how I lead. Y'all know I'm not perfect. You don't have to agree too quickly, but (laughs) y'all know that I'm not perfect. But it's Christ who is proclaimed. That is the way of life, right? And I guarantee, well, I got to look up the the Greek of life. I should have looked that up. What Greek word they use for life, whether it's bio, bios, or zoe. I'm pretty sure it's got to be zoe. Anyways, and Zoe, that's right, Brent. Yes. Um, And imitate their faith. So again, uh, as overseers, models of faith, how are we to go? And a lot of times, the way to, to which uh, the church goes is by the word that is preached and taught and led, right? And that's why the church will never end, because the word is Christ. If you're following the pastor, let's say that pastor leaves, right? Especially, let's say, in a bigger, let's say, in a, a mega church, let's say. A lot of people also leave, because they were following the pastor, right? And that's not what we want. Pastors are just pastors, right? They're called to do the word of Christ, to to proclaim. And that's why you stay, because you know this is the church that proclaims that very word. Um, So very important um, about what it means to remember your leaders. Pray for your leaders, right? Pray for your pastors, right? Pray for them daily. They need it. Not they as in they, but I is an I. I need it. I need your prayers all the time. That's everything to me. So pray um, and uh, care for your pastor uh, and, and know that uh, he is the one that's faithfully giving you the word. Um, and, and this is the example of faith that the church gives. So um, because, what is that word? Oh, we know this verse. Verse 8, if someone could read that. All right. So uh, with the leaders of old that preached uh, with, with their moment in time as the Hebrews were hearing in their congregation the word of Christ, and for the future in this day and age as we hear God's word, what stays the same? Christ, Christ and his word, right? It stays the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Does it change? Does Christ and his word change? Right? And, and the answer is no. Uh, does the world change the word at times? Yeah. Yes. Right? Uh, is Jesus become, you know, that shirt that says, uh, Jesus is my homeboy? Remember? No. no? Jesus is my homeboy? Remember? You remember that shirt? I remember that shirt. Back in the early, two th- early 2000s. Um, and Jesus is, you know, when we talk about Jesus as our, uh, you know, what a friend we have in Jesus, right? Uh, that, that he is the one who, who died and rose for us. Yes, or the chicken nugget. You know the chicken nugget that they sold on eBay, the picture of Christ? For like a couple of... Th- yeah. They say, this is... Don't you see... Watching hey, it's, I'm not watching it. It just shows up. Anyways, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> amazing. You're failing the cultural I know, right? But, uh, but, <laughs> but again, you know, this is Jesus who is same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And why is that important? Why is that important for your faith? Yeah, it never, and it endures till the, to the end, right? And in the end, this is your confidence. By the word that you heard, because the word that you heard is, at the end of the day, the gospel for you, right? And that is the body and blood of Jesus. This is the word that is preached constantly until the end of time. And that's why as a church, this is what we do to preach repentance and forgiveness. Just as Jesus called the disciples to do that very thing, we preach at the end of the day for you in Christ and in him crucified. And this is why. Because just as Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, his promises are the same. Right? Right? so um, if, if, uh, if Don said, oh, pastor, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about my sin. Um, and hypothetical Don would say, um, I don't know. I got to strive on that narrow door. I got to go man on wire here and, and cross that bridge by myself because uh, I don't, my sin is too heavy. Uh, Lord, I don't know. I don't know. But no, here we see it. Uh, his promises are true and they're to the end for you the gospel, the forgiveness of your sins. And that's your confidence, friends, is that through all things, this is the word we preach, right? 
as a church, we're not selling things, right? We're not saying, oh, if we have this, then people will come. No, we can't. this is, Jesus is what in our, pro- it, it's absolutely, I mean, I don't, see, we're not bringing in, he brought everything, right? He made us alive by this gospel, and there we just preach in the, the death and resurrection of our Lord, and the Holy Spirit is doing all the work, and we're just here proclaiming that very word, because this word actually gives us life, and, and sustains us in this gospel, and gives us rest. We know this is how God works as his scripture shows us through the work of the Holy Spirit. And there we find great solitude and peace in the reconciliation to God through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, who sacrificed for us on that very cross. And this is the picture of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. This is our pilgrimage of faith. And this is the word that we hear from our leaders, from our pastors. If there is a day when I I vacate myself from this gospel... Just um, give me my bags and make me go running because that's not the word I ought to preach, right? Okay, so here we see the gift of the word that endures forever. Uh, Why don't we do um, uh, one, one more, one more. Oh, I'll smile. I'll smile. Anyways, but verse 9, verse 9, so you could read that for me. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by ceremonial foods, which are of no value to those who eat them. All right, so the strange teachings are what you just said right there, the ceremonial foods. You look at your notes, namely uh, Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14. Uh, those are the uh, Old Testament for Israel, what they ought to do uh, in their food and dietary restrictions, right? So what was the, the pitfall here is that the Hebrews were kind of going back to these laws as a benefit for their own spiritual cleansing. And what that means is what? Uh, what are they saying about Christ? What's the temptation is? We need to do more. And I need to do it, right? Uh, in this day and age, we know Jesus. We know what he's done for us. But what's... The second guess God. So God gives them 10 commandments by the time the uh, Jewish authorities get done with it. They've got 613. That's right. That's right. And, and what, what to eat, when to eat, and all these things. What type of animal to eat? What can't I eat? All these things. And, and though we don't have that today, uh, how... What do we see today that's not about food laws, but about, I know Jesus Christ did this, but you know, I need to cleanse myself, you know, just to get over the... Rededicate myself. Uh, or to get over the hump and, and, and recommit. Uh, yes. uh, what is the problem, it? What, the problem with that way of thinking is, uh, you know, we say... Uh, God will do the 99% if we just do our 1%. We're, we're, we're completely incapable of doing our 1%. But what is that 1% saying about Christ? Christ incapable isn't enough. He didn't do it all. Yeah, so what are we saying about the cross when we say 1%? It wasn't enough. We're, we're turning from the cross, right? We're, we're, we're doing our own thing. Um, even a point oh 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 one percent of ourselves. So Don by saying, oh, the algorithm, still a remainder there. I got to get that remainder done. That remainder is bothering me. Why is it coming out with a decimal point with like, you know, 0.5678? We got to figure out that 0.5678 by our own cleansing. We got to do it. And, and trust me, uh, Christianity, it, it's easy. The devil, you know, with Christians, you know what he says? Oh, Jesus Christ died for you. But no, you, you still got to, you still got to finish it. And you got to strive for that narrow door. you got to, you know, I have bad balance. So if I had to walk on the tightrope, I'd be like, no, we're not doing that. Uh, or even the balance beam, you know, in gymnastics, I could never do that in, in PE. But uh, too scary. Uh, but uh, that's what we do. Right? And, and that's why when I talk to people about their faith, I'm just, I listen a lot because, as you always know, um, I'm always looking for the subject to the verb, what their faith looks like. And a lot of times it's, that's right, Jesus, in the Christian life, you know, I do this, I do this, I do this. And after a while, I, I hear them and say, well, it seems like you're doing a lot of the work. Oh, where is Christ on all this? And we can get caught up in that, that way of cleansing. 
when in fact, as the writer says, that is no benefit to you at all, right? I think self-righteousness is our greatest what? It's our, it's, it's our greatest downfall, danger, because at the end of the day, it's I need to make myself righteous. I need to follow these cleansing food dietary laws. I need to fulfill the law. Um, and, and that's, at the end of the day, that's why the narrow, do- the narrow door is not I, but it is Christ who is the narrow and only way. Because Carrie very well knows how easy it is, not just Carrie, but all of us, right? How easy it is to say, I want to play a part. You know, we talked about movie credits. Remember that back in our teaching days? Uh, in that end movie credit of our life, you know, uh, we're going to see all the credits uh, about what our life is. And at the end of the day, for the faithful, all the credits are going to be Jesus. It's, it's, it's not going to be any. I'm not going to be the film producer or the costume designer. Oh, that'd be fun. We did watch First Man the other day. Very good movie. First Man? Neil Armstrong with Ryan Gosling? Oh. Very cool. I, I fell asleep, but very cool. It was late. It was late. It was late. It was too long. My wife's, we started a little late, and my wife's like, it's two hours and 20 minutes. I'm like, oh. But it was pretty cool. I didn't know about the history of how it came to be, how many t- times they had to try to, oh, it was, it was brutal. Anyways, uh, but the point is, is that our movie script ending is covered by the blood of Christ, and that's the picture of, of, of what he has done yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And strange teachings they are. Whatever is not of Christ is strange. Right? Uh, you know, I, like your notes before uh, verse 8, but mm-hmm. I always love that verse where it says, Jesus is the author and perfecter of my faith. Mm-hmm. That's it. He's the author of my faith and the, like the, the finisher. He, he, he is it. It's not me. It's him. So when, when you read a book, you always want to know who the author is, right? And you, when you read the book and you're done with the book, you say, oh, good, good writer, good author. Uh, you don't write more words. Oh, I'm going to change the story. I'm going to yeah, yeah, yeah. add a little at the end, right? And I'm going to put my screw my name. It's, it's, it's made by uh, uh, Ernest Hemingway and Mega Phillips. <laughs> you're just going to write it in and say, oh, I added my little end there because I think it would it'd end better this way if I just added a little from whom the bell tolls. Isn't that what he wrote? I don't know. I was... That's why I'm, I asked my mother, I'm like, why am I named Ernest? She's like, oh, because of Ernest Hemingway. I'm like, oh, he kind of had a tragic end. Anyways, but uh, <laughs> uh, we won't go there. But, uh, but we don't write. The author and perfect, he is the author. And how does he write you in his book? By his blood. Right? There's no changing the story or addition to the story. When he says it is finished, well, it's done. Just leave it to the the ending of Swiss Robinson. There was a French lady that didn't like the ending, uh, she, so she rewrote portions of the book and changed the ending. Yeah, I mean... So they had a romantic ending. But, but I mean, even, even more pointed is, is how the word, again, is, is being changed as well. People want to write more into it and say, no, that's not what it means. It no. More contemporary. More, uh, more catering to the culture mm-hmm. rather than... The same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. She was a contemporary of Jonathan Wiss. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, you know, you know, and, and that's the thing, you know, when we talk about, and we'll conclude with this thought today, is that when we talk about strange teachings, you know, uh, again, uh, when it goes to the narrow door, when people read that out of context, strive and enter into the narrow door, a lot of it is that addition of themselves. Like, I have to squeeze through. Um, <laughs> kind of, you know, squeezing the gut a little bit, and, and uh, I got to squeeze through this by my own might because that's what God has called me to do. But really, striving is what it's stripping yourself of all of your self righteousness and knowing that your life is full of repentance that rests upon not you but Christ alone, right? And the strange teaching is whether it's dietary laws or you have to put the cherry on top of your salvation. That's a strange teaching. It's like, it's already been finished. Jesus said it. So why are you trying in your conscience to, to put a cement or concrete bold assurance on that? No, it's already done. 
There's nothing else you have to do. And in light of that, we read this in great joy. But if I read this with, I have to get it done, this is a lot of stuff to do. And I've, at the end of the day, I will find myself in despair because I can't do enough because of my sin. Right? So very important, Jesus Christ, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, um, strange teachings are there. The way that attaches to that is Jesus says it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven than it is for... Um, a camel. A camel to get through the eye of a needle. Of an eye. Yes. So, uh, that's often misattributed to uh, a gate that didn't exist in Jerusalem that merchants would go through with loaded camels. Mm. And that gate never existed. But, so he's, so um, that was a common phrase of the time. Not talking about some um, gate that never existed, but he's, he's actually saying it's impossible to get through the eye of a, um, of a needle. That's right. It's impossible for a rich man to get into heaven on his own court. That's right. But yeah. Christ can do the impossible and make the kingdom of heaven available for us. That's right. That's right, delivering it to us. Yeah, very good, very good. So uh, we'll, we'll kind of talk about that more a little bit next week uh, about because I want to discuss, and we kind of discussed it today, but uh, I think it, uh, we'll kind of segue that uh, and we'll continue on after that to verse 10 next week. So anyways, uh, why don't we stop there and uh, close. It is humid today. Uh, uh, let's close uh, with a word of prayer. Let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. Uh, we thank you for this time. Lord, bless us in Christ Jesus for in his promises that he has given to us as your word is is the same yesterday today and tomorrow lord through all things guard us uh, from from temptation deliver us from evil and through all things bless us in the work of christ and what he has already done for us lead us this week in your word as we strive as we walk um, in the life that you have given to us through your son we pray all this in jesus name amen amen, amen.